Hello, this is Richard Stoltz. I'm a contributing editor with American Banker. We're here today with Greg Ganeski, the global head of banking for ServiceNow, to talk about how to leverage multiple technologies to get the most from your operations transformation strategy. Banks are investing a lot in technology, but often it's tactical and very focused on the cost. Trouble with that is it leads to a huge accumulation of siloed, fragmented systems, and that has all kinds of problems. It reduces agility and limits the future growth of banks. So those are some of the topics we wanted to talk to Greg about today. Greg, my first question is, why is this such a big deal for banks today? Thank you, Rich. It's a pleasure to join you. It's a great question. You know, banking generally, traditional banking, grew through acquisition. So as banks buy other banks, they also buy their technology, their technology debt, and their systems. And as the banks continue to grow, they're not, and they haven't historically been very good at retiring those systems, at integrating them. And as a result, you know, in the digital age, you now have highly complex interrelated systems and, you know, that has created not only a, a rise in the core maintenance budget of, for technologies to maintain these, but it's also provided a, a complexity for operational resilience and for the ability for the, the associates of these banks to respond effectively to customers. So it's really become, especially in the last 10 years, an impediment to the banks upgrading their experience for their customers. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, is that any more true today? For example, whether with COVID or anything else, it makes this even a more uh, timely issue than it would have been, say, 10 years ago? Yeah, banking right now is going through a secular change. And what I mean by secular change is the customer base is expecting a consumer-grade experience. Think of it like Uber, Amazon, Google. When you go to these sites and you interact with these companies, the experience provided is very frictionless. It is almost a pleasure to do business with them, and that traditionally hasn't been what banks have been known for. They've been known for products and, you know, providing those financial services. However, in the past 10 years, with what's, you know, the, the state of the economy, record low interest rates that have been there for a while and that will stay there for a while, banks can no longer differentiate themselves on products, or it's very difficult to say the least. So some of the challenger banks and the forward-leaning are really focusing on experience and experience so that the, the newer generation of bankers, right, to retain that wealth of those banking customers will really stay with and maintain, you know, their, their financial life cycle with the banks. They're trying to upgrade the experience so that regardless of channel, regardless of product, and regardless of request, you have a dependable and pleasurable interaction. But because of the technology debt and some of the issues that have existed there, legacy issues, it's been very difficult for banks to make this transition. And that's why there's such a hyper focus right now on not so much on, on just the efficiency, but efficiency as it relates to improving an experience. So the experience, one might think of just the interface with customers, but I think you're talking about something more fundamental that needs to happen in order to make that friction uh, frictionless as it relates to bank operations. Do I understand that correctly? Yes, the experience for the customer, 
the experience for the associates inside the banks. They don't want to have or see poor customer experience any more than the customers do and the frustration level for them it sometimes can be just as high, if not higher, because they're you know, manipulating between multiple systems, emailing. So banks have really focused on the experience being a 50-50 reward for both the external environment as well as the internal environment. Well, I've given you what you already said about banks kind of being squeezed with low interest rates and whatnot. Obviously, that puts pressure on them to maintain uh, kind of a lean and mean posture from a HR standpoint. So as far as keeping things easy on the uh, the folks inside, how does this play into that topic? Does this increase productivity? Does this allow banks to kind of trim a little bit of their, their staff to just operate more efficiently? It makes a, a, a difference across multiple, and I, I think you touched on them, right? It reduces expense. It also helps with cost avoidance as your customer base grows, as your business grows. It helps with uh, regulatory enforcement, which could lead to fines. And it also helps with acquisition, new growth, because as you're known, if your bank is known as one of those that performs well and provides a good experience, social media today is such a powerful tool by customers, you end up impacting the bottom line as it relates to acquisition of new households. And we saw that recently with the with the triple P from you know the SBA loans as a part of the pandemic relief package from the government, there were winning banks and losing banks of who could respond to the triple P more quickly and more effectively. And those banks that were able to respond quickly were clearly winners in the media and social media versus those that weren't able to handle the technology shift in a very short time frame. Well, if we could maybe drill down a little bit in terms of the technology shift, so there are all these demands, but what kind of system requirements arise from this that can be resolved without starting from ground zero and, and rebuilding the entire tech infrastructure in a bank? With the triple P, that was a, was a bit unique. You know, the payment protection program required um, almost an overnight change or, or effectively an overnight change to systems where they were not traditionally extensible and the platforms just weren't malleable, right? You just couldn't make hard code changes that quickly to a system without effectively um, impeding the resilience of the underlying platforms. So what banks ended up having to do was weigh it between responding with more personnel through clients and customers and B, deploying a net new solution that allowed them to respond to, you know, 500 to 1,000 X in volume of what they were anticipating before from the loans. But in general, what banks are doing is they're picking the one to two areas that are most complex for them and focusing on that area in order to redesign the experience and the underlying platforms, and then using the savings from that one experience improvement to self-fund the other generations of work that you want to accomplish horizontally across the bank and that allows them to um, to do so not only the most effective way, but then it provides them speed and scale. So as they they continue the progress of maturing their environment and improving the experience and simplifying the structure, they're able to do it more and more quickly with each generation. And there's been a few you know um, banks that we've worked with recently that have really seen an improvement, helping them move from let's say loans or payments 
on to the next most important, say, dispute management and then claims management, and they work their way through the platforms horizontally. Does the competition from non-bank lenders play into this at all in terms of, obviously, those organizations have started <coughs> cloud-native to begin with, their banks needing to really scramble to address that, and is, is what you're talking about something that helps them accomplish that? Yes, it goes back to the, I think, one of the comments in the beginning where I mentioned, you know, I believe banking to go through a secular change, and it's the external factors, it's the fintechs. There's been a recent push, which I think will continue to pick up momentum of consolidation of banks, uh, consolidation, you know, of, of banking in general. All of those factors are putting an incredible pressure on them to be the ones that are seen as the challenger banks, to be the ones that are seen as the progressive banks. And those factors are real, they're tangible, and it's not something that's not hyperbolic, right? That, that exists today, and people are watching to see how quickly they can transform and improve the experience. Well, if you could, without revealing too much of your secret sauce, you mentioned working with some banks so what are some illustrations, maybe generic, of what yields those savings that allows them to sort of redeploy that capital into other things? What Are we talking about personnel? Is it actually the cost of, you know, maintaining the system? What are, what are the actual savings derived from? So most people, that's a great question. Most people think of it as it's all about reducing the number of heads, and, and sure, right, that's a, that can be an element or is an element to it, but it's not just about the headcount. Right, it's about the core maintenance cost of keeping these systems. It's about the cost of maintaining the systems, the resilience within them, and the ability to expand or run into new markets as the business sees fit in the future without it taking uh, 12 to 18 months, millions of dollars in order to, to um, effectively enter a new market. Where we have engaged with a few, you know, several as it is, but a, a few examples, one bank in particular, they, they entered the market with us as it relates to loans, and they improved their loan market, uh, their ability to respond post-closure, prepayment, and handle all of the maintenance areas within those loans. And they started with one particular market. Once they realized that they were able to do this in 12 weeks, that was the implementation time, they then decided to take a look at, because the savings were so profound, they decided to look at all 700 processes that they identified across their loaning envi loan environment. And those processes are being reviewed now one by one by one. And because the platform was able to be installed so quickly, because the platform helps them manage their loan so efficiently, they're making determinations whether or not the old processes need to exist or whether they could be retired. And if they do need to um, exist, can they end up retiring the platform itself. In this case, all of their savings has come from efficiency and from underlying core maintenance costs by removing those legacy and age platforms that don't need to exist anymore. They haven't needed to, to, to meet their efficiency goals and their experience goals. They've done so without laying off or without reducing headcount. But their hmm. savings on the back end for them has been just as profound as when they came into the, into the marketplace. Now, is this equally applicable between retail and commercial banks in terms of the process simplification, et cetera? It is. It's not, not only between retail and commercial. 
it's across loans, disputes, claims, you know, payments, because the underlying interaction with the system or systems and the associate and customer are relative, you know, they're fundamentally the same. The impediment is the technology, is the age technology, and the manual nature of the processes because some of these technologies don't talk to one another. That's really where ServiceNow comes in and ends up being that connective tissue that ties them all together so that there's a single interface, a single workflow, and then the business can make more strategic decisions behind the scenes of whether or not they want to start retiring systems or other processes. So finally, just a kind of a wrap-up question, what is the end game win for banks in all of this? So the, the banks that can manage a new technology environment in one that relates to a, a consumer-grade experience are going to be the winners. Given you know, the change in administration that's coming here in the U.S. in, in the next uh, couple of weeks, that change is going to be even more fundamental. And the end game for them is plain old existence. The ones that don't make this change, that don't work to or that cannot figure out how to improve the experience and simplify it, yes, to reduce costs, but also to have the associates and the employees have a reliable, dependable experience, are going to have issues just, just existing in the future. And it's an unfortunate scenario but it's one that um, you can see today with the consolidation efforts underway. Bank CEOs are realizing this, and they're putting higher priority on it than ever before. Well, uh, thank you so much. Uh, it sounds like there's a lot of urgency here, and uh, I want to thank you, Greg, for joining us. Just uh, again, Greg is the global head of banking for ServiceNow. Appreciate your insights. Thank you all for joining us, and have a great day.